John with Ubaldi Report, the one web news website that provides fact, not fiction, on global and international issues and domestic issues as it impacts the United States. And this is coming from two combat Marine veterans of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, three, but one's not here. Well, He's in Hawaii. He's in Hawaii. But anyway, right now it's myself and my friend Joe Bitts, who served in combat with the Marines in Iraq. So how's it going, Joe? Great, John. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So there's a lot to talk about. The, yeah, there is. I mean, with like, I guess there's a little bit of background with, you know, Ukraine and Russia. But I guess the main focus right now and then like the whole Twitter Elon Musk thing has kind of gone to the side a little bit. And it seems like the Democrats are kind of been fishing and well, then finally they land something. I think they were waiting for that big, big, that big issue that's going to take the inflation, the economy, crime, immigration off the front burner. I'm not so sure it's going to have – it's going to affect the midterms. I'm not sure how big effect it's going to have because if you were in favor of abortion, you're going to vote Democrat. Yeah. If you were not in favor, you were pro-life, you're going to vote Republican. The key is how do the independents see it? The independents typically support abortion, but as the the woman you know becomes not more pregnant, as the time goes on, mm-hmm. or later in the pregnancy, the support for abortion drops. Now, if you ask the Democrats, at what point would you accept an abortion? I mean, what would you accept of not aborting the child, and or? They don't have an answer to that because there's a lot of issues. Now, I know it was a leaked from the U.S. Supreme Court, which was the first time in history. It was opinion. It, it was a, it was a it, draft opinion. Yeah, you know, and I just that kind of that kind of offsets me off a little bit too. Is that he hasn't really fine made a final decision yet to get this drafted opinion, and they're all like, "Oh my God." Women's rights are gone. But see, if if everybody just read the opinion, what he said, he said abortion's not in the Constitution. Okay. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who supports abortion, she said that the, the Roe versus Wade abortion ruling in 1973 was flawed. Okay. And one of the reasons it was flawed. Well, all, can we go, hold on for one second here. Why don't we just go over Roe versus Wade real quick? It was like not, back in seventy three, right? Nineteen seventy three, where they legalized. They, all it said is they legalized abortion. Okay, but okay, abortion is legal. Mm-hmm. Who can get an abortion? Yeah, well, women for one, I guess. Okay, okay, okay. No, <laughs> okay, but I mean, women for one. Now think about it. You have daughters. You have a okay. Besides your youngest daughter, yeah, but you have. An older daughter who's over the age of eighteen, mm-hmm. and she obviously she she was she was under the age at eighteen at one point. The question is that Roe versus Wade didn't decide who can get an abortion. They said all women can get an abortion. Okay, so, so they didn't they didn't put an age to they it. They didn't put an age to it. They didn't put there's different. There was three trimesters in the pregnancy. Do mm-hmm. Do, do they say you can – they never codified can late-term abortions okay. be legal? If you remember the former governor of Virginia before Glenn Youngkin took over, he had a controversy where he supported infanticide. He believed in abortion even after the birth of the child when he stated that we should take the child in question and make, them comfort, make that child comfortable mm-hmm. before you abort it. 
So, so basically, why they're saying it's poorly written is because they don't specify an age and they don't specify when along the term of of the unborn. Correct. Is, then, is when is when they can abort it. So if they kind of went in there and refined the law a little bit, saying you can't have an abortion after 16 weeks, and if they're like anybody, you cannot have an abortion under the age of say 18 unless you have it, parental consent. Yes. Now the other issue that Samuel Lita wrote in, in the draft the draft um, legal brief is what constitutes life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, some people go back to the um, the time of conception. Some were codifying life as when you start to hear a heartbeat because technology has changed. When Roe versus Wade passed in 1973, you you couldn't hear the fetal heartbeat of the child mm-hmm. in question. Now you can hear it at a younger age. Now a child can be born, a premature child can be born. I'm not sure at what point, but they can they can survive outside the womb in a in a in a in a hospital in a hospital setting or a prenatal condition. I think that's where they kind of that's where I think really the cutoff should be. If I can take this baby out of ma, of the mother right now, and it can survive, not I wouldn't say on its own, but it could survive without with additional help without additional help. But then you would have to like there's premature babies that okay, but see, NICU that, and all that kind of but stuff. But see, like that's that. that's the issue that Samuel Lito was talking about. All these issues would have been de- debated mm-hmm. at the, the the legislative level. Now, even um, Antonio Scalia, the, the Supreme Court jurist who passed away in the, the, the 2000, I believe 2016, he had stated that he would he doesn't want the courts making decisions on social matters. Yeah, he said the best way to do is per the Constitution is at least at the at the the. the the least at the congressional level, but the very best part, as the founders wanted, mm-hmm. is at the um, congr- the uh, the state legislature level. Let the states make their decision. Now, people are saying this is going to ban abortion. It's not going to ban abortion. No, it just kicks it back down the to the states. State. Each some states are going to say we believe in abortion. Other states aren't. Maybe one time. One governor or one legislature says we um, you can can't get an abortion except mm-hmm. for X Y Z. Elections have consequences. A new legislature, a new governor comes in, they can push abortion. Yeah. So, but the to me the the the, the most serious problem with all this is how this got leaked, because I listened to a lot of the experts who've served on the um, of law clerks. What they do is the jurist, all the Supreme Court uh, members get together and they debate this, they mm-hmm. talk to this, they they put briefs out. Pushing their views, pushing their their side, or what? Maybe they can convince somebody, change their, or maybe they can alter a part of the the court ruling yeah. to do to sanitize it to make it different. But when this individual, we don't know if it's a ma- male or female, uh-huh. when they released that draft, they were trying to infuse politics, public opinion into the Supreme Court. So I have a question. Yeah. What if it was an, an actual Supreme Court judge that was the one that leaked it? That you can't you can't take that off the table. Maybe there was a Supreme Court I mean, judge because we just brought in a new now, justice. And- that could be, and I hate to use this word, 
or term because it was so abused by the Democrats under mm-hmm. Donald Trump. Yeah. That could be an impeachable offense because listening to my – I know I follow this gentleman a lot. Alan Dershowitz said the same thing. That, that, I forgot about Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, he's a – Jonathan Turley, yes. Uh, Jonathan, Who's Dershowitz. the other one? Uh, Alan Dershowitz. No, 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 the middle guy. Victor Davis. Victor, there we go, Victor David. Okay, but Dershowitz, but even Jonathan Turley from George Washington mm-hmm. uh, had stated this, this person could – such an egregious act, this person – could potentially and should be disbarred. So if it was a Supreme Court jurist, or maybe, let's just say for the fact, and I'm not saying this is him. Any criminal? There could be criminal prosecution because if they lied to the FBI, Uh that sets that in motion. Now, I'm not saying it's him. Don't anybody take this that I'm saying it's him. Look what happens if it was Stephen Breyer. he He believed in this. What if he said... This is my one official. I seriously doubt mm-hmm. it was him. And the reason I say this, he is in the same mold as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. He was against court packing. Yeah. So, and he was also miffed that it was leaked that he was going to re- um, resign. Now, he told President Biden, and then all of a sudden it, got, it gets leaked. Yeah. He wanted to do it on his own term. So, but, is the pool small of where they might be finding people that. Oh, are- yeah, because there's nine. Supreme Court jurist with four clerks each. So there's 36 law clerks, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's other support personnel. So when they do this, they they need the law clerks to help do research for them. Okay. So they need their clerks, and as they debate this, so the pool is very small. Well, okay, the guy that wrote the piece. Samuel Alito. Okay, is it possibly one of his clerks? Because that's where well, the- there's or, or or is this piece of is this his opinion shared between all the Supreme Court judge, uh, he, judges? Uh, the way it sounded like he wrote the the, uh, the draft opinion, and I and I guess man, I don't know how it works. Do they all write an opinion and then they share it with each other and they go back and forth with it and then mm-hmm. they take a vote and it's five. Let's say it's um, it's six three. So let's say it becomes six three. Somebody's going to be in the majority, and someone's going to be in the dissenting. So they have a majority opinion, usually written by the person who's strongly, I guess, strongly supports that particular issue, and then they have a dissenting opinion. So yeah. you get to read both. Okay. So it, it'll be interesting. I would at this point, I won't rule, and no investigator should rule anybody off the table. And I guess what they would do is like a, it's like a police investigation when they. Let's say there is a child involved. They always go to the closest person first, the parents. Then they start checking them up. Okay, this we went through this person. They go, they start inward, and then they move outward. Okay, so who was who broke the story when it came to the Politico? Okay, can we just go Politico and be like, hey, who's your source, buddy? No, Politico, the because the Constitution states the they don't have to reveal their sources. No, but I mean. No, but part of the con, and that's a fundamental right of America. Do not reveal your sources. Yeah. In journalism, but Politico and the news organizations have a lot to be, have a lot to answer for this. Politico ran this story mm-hmm. because it benefited Politico. Politico is a left leaning news outlet, but Politico didn't run the Hunter Biden story because it didn't meet their narrative. Meaning. They wanted Joe Biden to win against Donald Trump, so we can't make Biden look bad. 
But two news outlets, the New York Times and Washington Post, the last few months authenticated that story. Mm -hmm. So why would you run with this but not the other? I think it's a really good who's who who done it kind of. Well, it is, and I hope they find out because we can't have bureaucrats, law clerks. We didn't elect them. We didn't appoint them. They can't put their scale of justice because they think they want to go with, uh, push it, uh, the discussion a certain way or intimidate the judges. And this mm-hmm. that's another part of the crime. You can be intimidating the court. Okay. You're th- basically threatening them. With to, if they did a certain way, you're going to be attacked. Now remember, Chuck Schumer threatened the court yeah. when he said to you know Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and others, if you don't do this way, you're going to reap the whirlwind. Like violence is coming. Yeah. And we got to get out of this as an American society. If something doesn't go our way, we got to resort to violence. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just a mistake. And oh. it's just. How do you assemble, say, a thousand protesters and listen, like maybe like three hours after, after the news broke? I mean, there were because these protests don't have jobs. But I mean, the other part is, look at what's happening in our institutions. Their institutions are being under attack, and then some of the lawmakers are themselves leakers. Adam Schiff, I just found out through research, Patrick Leahy. Patrick Leahy is on the – I think he chairs now the Judiciary Committee mm-hmm. in the Senate. He was he was forced to resign. He resigned himself, but he was going to be unanimously forced to resign from the Senate Intelligence Committee because he leaked the Iraq – the Iran-Contra report in 1987 to the press. Okay. So then you look at what Hillary Clinton did. Then you look at all the leaks that came under Donald Trump where bureaucrats decided they know what's best. We didn't elect them. Yeah. Well, and also, like, when it came to, this isn't a whistleblower kind of status. No, this is not a whistleblower. So this person is going to face some repercussion? They should face repercussion. They should. And this is where the Democrats need to be, okay, I got it. You can have the discussion on abortion. Okay, I got that. But you should be appalled, not cheer, not hold this person up as a hero. And like, as Jonathan Turley mentioned, I'm afraid, and I would agree with them, that if this person is outed or outs themselves, are they going to get book deals? Are they going to be on the speaking circuit making millions because they're the one that exposed the evilness? And look at what some of the senators said. Look what Elizabeth Warren said. She basically threatened violence mm-hmm. against these these individuals. You have Bernie Sanders talking about Packing the court. We need to abolish this, the, the filibuster. Yeah. So is it because if I don't get my way, I got to change the rules? See, you know what's going to be really interesting to watch is that if they're going to try so hard to remove this filibuster, and say they do, let's just say, you know, they do in 2022, right before, and then all of a sudden the House gets taken over and the Senate gets taken over by the Republicans, and he could try to pack the court all the, all he wants. We're just going to shoot it down every single time, right? Yeah, or let's say they pack the court or they end the filibuster. And let's say in 2024 the Republicans win the White House and they take the Senate and the House. Since you got rid of the filibuster mm-hmm. and they pack the court, well, the Republicans would pack the court with their judgment. <laughs> Okay. And then if they end the filibuster, things that Democrats don't like 
or they won't be able to fill them. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just it's just setting up the blow up interface. The filibuster was used as a tool to have the majority having to work with the minority mm-hmm. because you couldn't just jam your thing through. Yeah. And Alexander Hamilton wrote in the Federalist paper, I think it was like Federalist 64 or something that stated he wanted the the the, the Senate to be the the cooling off chamber where you have all the passion in the house by the time it got to the senate they put the brakes on okay guys let's think this through so i just think it's kind of weird that what's the issue here that they're playing into is it the leak of this is it the fact that the supreme court's like washing their hands of it and just going to kick it back down to the states or are women actually going to lose their right or is it just going to get settled into say their state. The big issue is abortion, obviously. It's where you sit. Samuel Alito, in his draft version, said it's not part of the Constitution, said anything about abortion. It's not that the Supreme Court is washing its hands of it. The Supreme Court, Antonio Scalia was one. uh, Judge Alito was following in that example. He didn't want social issues to be debated by nine judges. Mm -hmm. He wanted, like we stated earlier in the podcast, had they debated abortion at the legislative level or even at the congressional level, mm-hmm. they would have vetted out, okay, we all most people can support abortion. Yeah. But then as you start going deeper into the pregnancy, as we said, yeah. you have a daughter. What would you feel like if your daughter was sixteen and she was allowed to get an abortion without my consent? Without your consent. But but I can't give your daughter an aspirin because I would be legally held responsible. Yeah. Okay, so you got that issue. Then what about late-term abortions? When you go deeper into the, the pregnancy past the first, the 15th week, mm-hmm. past the second trimester, into the third trimester, remember the former governor of Virginia before Glenn Youngkin took over, he believed in infanticide. Yeah. Some Democrats believe abortion on demand all the way up until the time of birth. Now... I'm I'm pro-life, but I do believe in abortion on three cases, rape, incest, and the life of the mother. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm a, for abortion, for rape and incest, that wasn't a choice that that woman had. Yeah. And that is a very traumatic event to have that person carry a child that was a, a, a focus of violence. And carry that child to term. Does your does, or does your does your uh, church. opinion? No, well, does your church affect your outcome of what you think of abortion? No, I had this opinion before that. Okay. Before I joined my church, even my church, they support working in consultation with church leadership. Mm-hmm. They they would support a person getting an abortion. For and I'm not speaking for my church. Yeah. But they would support working with church leaders. For rape, incest, and the life of the mother. The reason was rape and incest, specifically. Our church believes in ch- that you have a choice. They believe in, I guess we call it free will, or you have a choice. You, everybody has a choice of what they do in life. Like there was an example of, I know way back in the day, but if people remember Dear Abby. Yeah. There was a column that was written by a woman that she felt she was not a virgin. Because she was raped. Okay. And one of my, there was a church leader, a bishop of my church, wrote, you know, like 
commented on that article. Mm-hmm. And what he said is, you are in God's eyes a virgin. Yeah. Because when you have sex with somebody, that's your choice. Mm-hmm. Your choice in rape and incest was taken from you. Yeah. God is, is all loving, is not going to punish you because you had an abortion because of a choice that was taken from you. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he would want a child born into the world by a violent act. Yeah. Now, there are purists out there. Even in my church, there are purists out there who say no abortion, period. I would disagree with that. To carry a child to term that's through a violent act has got to be so traumatic for the mother. And that's why they want him to do it in consultation so they can understand what the, the decision, but they would not hold it against her. And God, I believe God would not hold it against her if she had an abortion in those cases. Mm-hmm. But all the other stuff where your choice, where you had a choice, there's where you have to play, you have to play out. Yeah. I mean, like, like personally, I don't, I don't agree with abortion. I guess I'm, I'm pro-life, but you know, I would think there are many other avenues that the state or not the state that, Individual. Well, no, the the government can do in order to make it uh, maybe not as an viable or not as a more appealing choice. Like if they could somehow streamline or speed up when it comes to adoption, where like as soon as that kid comes out, you know, and, you know, she had every in- intention of getting rid of the child, you know, here you go. Versus, you know, it's almost like. There's a couple, I mean, there's a real long, a lot of steps when you want to go into adopting where it's a lot easier to adopt from a different country. Well, it is because there's, I've talked to people who have adopted children, mm-hmm. especially in America, and it's so expensive. People say, well, why don't those who are pro-life should just adopt? They should adopt these children themselves then. Well, how many people have, I think it was averaging between ten dollars to $20,000 or more? Mm-hmm. Most people don't have that kind of money. Yeah. So they're not going to adopt. So I think you're right. Now, the other thing when it comes to the abortion issue, I'd look at that as a personal responsibility. Yeah. And this is where the men who get the women pregnant need to man up. I had a female Marine in my unit when I was in Af- Afghanistan. She was a single mother. And we were dealing with some of the financial issues that her ex wasn't paying. Mm-hmm. And finally, when she gets out, I still was helping her out. And finally, we had to go the nuclear option. And the nuclear option was I called her unit. I talked to their senior enlisted, and I explained to him he's not fulfilling his obligation that he did in the court, that he would pay child support and the medical expenses that were prearranged in that custody um, hearing. Mm-hmm. And I told him. It's not my responsibility. It's not your responsibility, nor is it the government's responsibility. Yeah. These two people decided to have sex. Things going to come out when you have sex. Mm-hmm. Potentially you get an STD. Or in this case, a child was resulted from that union. Yeah. So man up and take your responsibility. Do your responsibility. By taking abortion off the table, does that affect women's rights? No, because in this case, they're they're misconstruing it. All the the Supreme Court said is, it's 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 not in the Constitution, and they said the states 
Let them make that decision. Mm-hmm. Some states are going to have abortion on demand no matter what. Yeah. Other states put limitations. This came out of the Mississippi law, which banned abortion except in some extreme cases after the 15th week when after they hear the heartbeat. Yeah. As you said, we're, science is playing out where a child can be born premature and still survive outside the womb, mm-hmm. even though if it's in an incubator, it's in the proper capacity. They can survive. And there's, I know other people who are premature children. I was a premature child. I was um, after eighth month. I was born. Yeah, and you you came out perfect. Yeah, I came out perfect. There you <laughs> go. But I mean, th- that's the point. It's not. It's just telling the the they, what they wanted is let the people make that decision. Mm-hmm. Let contact your legislature. Not have nine judges because all the co- the court does is rule on a decision. And but most they, of them are constitutionalists, so they'll just well, abide even, by the Constitution. But even if they're not, they abide by the the the, 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 the court case that's before it. Mm-hmm. So Roe versus Wade just was all about is, is abortion legal or not? Yes, abortion is legal. That's why it was poorly written. What does that mean, abortion's legal? What about all these other stipulations that I mentioned? A child who's 16 is pregnant. Does she get an abortion without parental consent? When you can't give, I was at a church event. So one of the the youth asked me for an aspirin. Mm-hmm. I said I can't give you an aspirin without parental consent. Yeah. But yet we're going to have a child get an abortion without parental consent. Now, people will say, "Well, the parents would do this." Well, then you can go to court, and they can expedite anything, and make a quick hearing and say. Yeah, she can make that decision or not make that decision. The parents will have to have a, a say in that. Does that extend to maybe – are they looking more into this than they really should? Like is it like – because I can't take a 16-year-old girl that, that I'm the teacher of that got pregnant and I can't take her to get to abortion clinic. Does that also mean like, oh, well, I don't need to tell the parents of this child over here that wants to trans- transition well that's the other thing they're, they're they're taking the if you look at the president biden first of all it was governor uh governor former governor terry mcculloch no i'm sorry the previous governor of virginia terry mcculloch who ran against glenn youngkin mm-hmm. in september of last year he stated parents have no say of what's taught their children now look what joe biden said at the the teacher of the year award just this past week. Okay. He said, these children are your children. What would you think that when a teacher says or president says, your child is not yours, Mm -hmm. your child belongs to that teacher? I would be fuming mad. Yeah. So I think that's a bigger role where the Democrats are going and they're making a mistake. They're saying, these aren't your children. These are my child. Mm -hmm. Your children are yours, not the government, not not any teacher. The teachers are there to teach the children, now, but not say they're yours. What if it comes to that old saying, it takes, uh, it takes a village? It takes a village when they help assist the raising of the child in various um, aspects, like teaching a child math, reading, writing, science, that sort of thing, or watching out for a child to make sure that child doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. Or if they're doing something wrong, let the parents know. I remember... My brothers and me, we were kids. We goofed around with some friends. We did some things we weren't supposed to do. By the time we got home, yep. my dad found out and got the call, and then we got the, the, the notice to go back to the barn, and he broke out the whip, 
I mean, may not do in today's world, but yeah. I mean, we were disciplined because we did something wrong. So That's, if somebody else disciplined you, your dad would have been pissed. He would have, he would have said, what did they do? But see, back then you would just inform the parents, yeah. your child did this. Everybody watched out for everybody's kids, but doing something like this is you're taking the responsibility away from the parent, mm-hmm. and then you wonder why kids go wrong today. Yeah. So it's just – but people need to read the draft brief before you make a decision, and everybody's just in – But nobody does that. Nobody does that. I read the draft brief, and if you read it, it was very well written, very well articulated, but still but, – And also, let's understand what generation we're dealing with here because we have one. He's in Hawaii right now. <laughs> Where he just reads the top, uh, yeah, he reads, no. uh, reads probably reads the title, maybe gets a sentence or two in, and then that's it. And the thing is, so, so like another thing, okay, so something, so he comes up or he texts me, he goes, "Hey, the ghost of Kiev died in combat." And it turned out, if you look more into the story, that the ghost of Kiev is maybe like an urban legend, or or he's a he's like a mythos. That we've created to kind of rah rah Ukraine, so you're getting those millennials or you're getting those younger types where like like you, I was excited that you you'll read the article from top to bottom, and yeah, then you'll make eight pages, and you'll make that assessment. Where like me, I'll read the no, I'll read maybe like the first two or three paragraphs, and if it gets me, I'll keep on reading. If it doesn't, I'll just dismiss it, and then. We're just getting to an age range where they're looking at the title, they're taking it for face value, and... Well, I would even go beyond just that. I agree with your your assessment, and you're correct. But what's the excuse of the media? What's the excuse of our elected officials? Joe Biden is They just want somebody to look at at it, grab it, and then... Because Joe Biden, I guarantee you, didn't read the 98-page brief. I guarantee you, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, Elizabeth Warren, or... um, Bernie Sanders, they didn't read the whole 98 pages. Joe Biden still thinks inflation's transitory. Yeah, I mean, so just look at like many other things. The Voting Rights Act for Georgia or Florida. Mm-hmm. Did they read the bill? No. How many of them, like the parents' bill of rights that came in in Florida, oh, the don't say gay bill. It doesn't say that. How many of them read it? Even Disney. How many of them read that bill? Yeah. So going, okay, so something came up today where they're trying to sue the state of Georgia because they on, you can print out your own ballot but now you have to sign it. Or they said they want a wet signature where you actually have to sign the ballot and hand it it in. I thought ballots were supposed to be like uh, anonymous. They are on the back of the ballot. If you send it in, you have to sign it with your signature and date it. And if you're not signing it, you have to put who is delivering it for you. Okay. So all the bills in Georgia, Florida, Texas said when you send in absentee ballots to be vote absent, they just want to know who you are. You have to put a a, a state ID, driver's license, social security number. You have to do that. Mm -hmm. That's all it says. Yeah. But when they did after the 2000 election, it's kind of ironic. After the 2000 election, they had a election committee to study how we can fix it. We don't have a repeat of what happened there. Yeah. 
and it was chaired by former President Jimmy Carter, and it was chaired by former Secretary of State James Baker under uh, 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 George H.W. Bush. Mm -hmm. And both of them concluded and articulated their greatest threat to the integrity of an election is absentee ballots. Okay. And what the Democrats want to do is flood these absentee ballots. They want partisan individuals to pick up absentee ballots. And these voting, new voting rights laws that can't do that. You cannot have ballot harvesting where one person picks up hundreds and thousands of ballots. Can't do it. Yeah. What about the – there's a documentary coming out called 20,000 Mules. Have you heard about that? I've heard of it. I haven't gone into details what's it all about. Okay. Well, maybe take a gander at that. Okay. 20,000 Mules. I think it's called that. I'll take a look. It's going to be – yeah. All right. So why don't you go ahead and tell them where they can get a hold of us, John? You can get a hold of us by going to UbaldiReports at gmail.com. And, yes, I do check it. UbaldiReports at gmail.com. You can leave uh, messages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Truth. And, okay, let me get to that. And okay. Truth Social. I just joined that up today. You can check us out on YouTube. Hit like and subscribe so we can keep this going. Now, just remember for our listeners, every Wednesday at around 7.30 p.m., every Wednesday, 7.30 p.m., we do a live streaming of this podcast. Yep. So let us know what you think, and we're trying to get this going. We're, we're doing our best bootstrapping it. So any messages, anything you like or hear or have questions, let us know, and we'll answer them. All right. Everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you soon. All right. Keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. Until next time, listen to Ubaldi Reports.